So I'll introduce this and then we will get moving. All right. Sick, man. This is the first intro. This is the first intro. I might not even cut this out. People will be like, what the fuck am I listening to? This guy just, just intro the podcast. Hello, it's Nicholas Lorenzo here and welcome to After Mastering, a show where we share in the stories of artists, producers, engineers, and managers about what happens after mastering for a release for you to learn from and make informed decisions when it comes to your next release. Today, we have big old Maxie here, Max Bishop, morning Max, all the Max man, the Maximus of <laughs> Melbourne. Um, mate, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited to have another chat to you. I don't talk to you much, so it's good to, <laughs> it's going to be good to have a chat for an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, never. He always dodges my calls. He never <laughs> wants to ring back. Just, just a nightmare. But um, it's great to, it's great to always chat with you. Um, congratulations on a string of good releases this year. Most recently, I don't wanna, which was Thank exciting you. to see go out to the world. So, yeah, um, I'll let exciting. you tell me the origin story. We finished up mastering. What did you do after that? What happened between the time yeah, you got that final molly. master and you put it out to the world? I'm sure a lot of artists can empathise. Sometimes the uh, the time between getting it mastered and getting it released can be a while. <laughs> as as you know very well yourself, Nick, I'm pretty sure you've mastered one of my songs that still isn't out in the world. <laughs> like two years ago, do you remember that one? Yeah, I, I do. I do. That, that, that one I love In very dearly. In the right dearly. direction. <laughs> I love very dearly. Actually, yeah. out, of, out of curiosity, um, so you've got one on the go. Do you like having tracks in the bag ready to release or is it sort of just uh, a haphazard sort of thing that happens because you've got many parties involved? That's an interesting question. I think I like it and I hate it at the same time. Um, I like it because it's nice to be planned but then within the right direction, for instance, that song to me isn't fully ready. So I guess I've kind of had this thing in my head where it's been mastered and it's all good to go. And then I'm like, oh, I actually need to do stuff to the song. So, yeah, I guess, um, yeah, I think like in general, it's nice to have a couple of songs ready to go and ready to be put out and stuff. But yeah, it can also backfire pretty quickly and have a pretty negative vibe on on you but yeah with i don't wanna um we got that mastered in like october hey probably like three months ago now do you reckon yeah, three, yeah. four months ago give or take three, a four bit months ago yeah um and that got mastered pretty much at the exact same time as my previous single delphine just because of me working with max and blasco for both the songs blushco i should say um and yeah, basically the process was we wanted to put the other one out first, Delfina. So we did that. And then four weeks later, we put I Don't Wanna out. Um, it's been going pretty well. Um, it's been received pretty well. Um, I think Max had a bit of a similar epiphany as what I had within the right direction, which uh, he had with um, I Don't Wanna, like he kind of, wanted to get a couple of different revisions and all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, it's just the mentality around mastering is, is really interesting, I think. And I feel like you probably would, would have experienced a couple of different kind of styles of thinking from different artists. Um, some are very confident in their releases and others aren't and we're all learning at different kind of rates and all the rest of it. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I was stoked with the first muster, but like Max obviously wants to change a couple of things in the mix and then go back and that was all fine. Um, but yeah, in terms of like in between then that final master and the release date, we basically just put it into distribution, listened to it 48,000 times. Um, and just tried to email a bunch of people with the song and get some, get some hype happening, really. Yeah, so people you're emailing, are there like yep. regular people that you always hit up or are you looking for new people to hit up? Where, where do they sort of live? Are they in the YouTube sphere, blog sphere, playlisting, um, community, yeah. radio? Like, give me, give me an overview of the landscape Maxi has. It's, it's literally everything, yeah. So, I mean, me and you work, me and you worked quite closely last year on a bunch of our campaigns. So I guess we've kind of got a bit of a ironed out process now, which is really good. Um, I guess first step is we upload it to Triple J Unearthed and then basically that gives the presenters on Triple J a chance to listen to the song early before it gets released on Spotify, work it if they want to play it on this show. Um, and then obviously all the digital radio presenters and the unearthed presenters, they get to look at it and if they want to review it and whatever they can, because that's just like their required kind of platform, I guess, with Triple J. Um, and then once we've done that, we usually move on to YouTube channels and blogs and radio um, in that order as well. YouTube channels, the earlier, the better, really, because a lot of them international, so they might take, you know, a week to reply or something like that for some of them, especially if they're a new channel that we haven't worked with. Um, I guess, like, I released four songs last year and two remixes, and then I've released two this year, and I think as each song uh, gets released, I kind of narrow my list down further and further and make it more intricate, I think. Um, you just realise after, you know, three, four, five songs, if they're not replying, there's not a whole lot of point continuing, you know. Um, and I think there's going to be a time soon where I might actually update that list, maybe reach out to some more people, some different YouTube channels, some different radio, whatever it might be. Um, maybe just the presenters have updated their email or, like, whatever it is. Um but, yeah, so, yeah, with the YouTube channels, we try and get a premiere um, on the release day. And, um, I mean, I try and get multiple channels because the more the merrier and they've all got different kind of markets and stuff like that. Um, I do have a couple of channels that I, like, go to every release now just because they like my stuff and they want to support me and all the rest of it. Um and yeah, with the blogs, just a couple that I hit up usually, and um, and then yeah, with radio, there's there's community radio, and also um, like the bigger ones as well. So with community radio, I use this thing called AMRAP, which is like basically a service that just submits your song to every community community radio station. Like I've been played in the randomest places, like Mount Gambia, and like. Gunda guy and stuff. So I'll probably do a show there next year because <laughs> two people have listened to my song in Mount <laughs> Gambia. <laughs> oh wow! Uh, I always, I always do that stuff when, like, on Spotify, it's like, dude, three people have listened to your song in Chile. It's like, dude, 
Let's go to Santiago and just do a headline show, man. <laughs> yeah, for three people at the bar. Um, three people at the bar. Well, I'm, I'm curious because this, this release, for anybody who's following along, has done relatively well in a short period. Um, it's gotten, I think it got four editorial playlists on Spotify. Mm. Um, I think LTB premiered it on YouTube and it's, and yep. it's racked up quite a few streams there. Mm. My, my question to you is, where's the point of diminishing return when you're engaging in a campaign, when you're pu- pushing out so many emails to radio, to blogs, to YouTube channels, where do you feel like um, a little bit of effort goes a far way and too much effort just ends up giving you nothing back? For sure. Yeah. I think that's a really good question, Nick. And I think over these two releases, I don't want to, and Delfina, both with Max Glad and Blushko, I haven't put as much work in, in terms of like the after mastering process. I don't think probably partly because it's split three ways. Like Blushko has reached out to some people. Max Glad's reached out to some people as well. Shared so the actual the workload. workload, yeah, shared the workload. Um, but I think there is that aspect of cool for complications, which was my last original release, which was like late May, early June last year. I did everything from A to Z as I did with take it in lady and preach and right. And I found with those four releases, it was, it was an array of returns, some better than others, maybe because the song was better, not sure what it was like, but with complications, I put heaps of effort in, nothing really happened and I was off it. (laughs) Um, I was definitely deflated a bit and I feel like because of that and working with two other guys on this release, um, I think I've been more wary of the diminishing return stuff. I think I've been wary of actually hitting that point of putting in heaps of hours and actually not getting anything in return. Um, So I guess I've really nailed down the stuff that's easy to achieve and guaranteed kind of return stuff, e.g. the LTB. Like I work with Daz like every release. So for me, hitting him up, spending 10 minutes is fine because it's obvious. So he can so, just... So for people listening, LTB is the YouTube channel, correct? Yep. Yeah, and yeah. That- so they're actually based in Georgia, which is really random, but they've got um, a great following and really like good European following and stuff, which is perfect for me because I want to expand expand my markets and all the rest of it. So yeah, for, for hitting up him, it's great. But like, for instance, I've tried to email Majestic Casual, which is another YouTube channel, like three or four different times. No reply. I don't really see the benefit in doing it again kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a really interesting one with, with that after mastering PR promo effort nick as well and also the other thing with the diminishing returns is like um and you probably feel it in your business too nick with mastering and mixing it's like there's only so much effort you can put into it before eventually you actually just want to do the craft which is making songs for me and mixing mastering for you you know like you have heaps of additional stuff that you do to your business like this podcast and you know all your other content stuff but eventually you're going to get to a point where it's like, cool, I actually just need to focus on mixing and mastering more because that's the bread and butter and that's what I need to keep improving on and whatever. And it's the same with me with making music. Like I don't want to spend the next two months promoting a single, like viciously three hours a day on the emails if I'm only going to get an extra 5,000 streams on Spotify 
and three followers yeah. and 10 Instagram followers or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Yeah. But just for some context here for those listening, um, LTB, they've got about 230,000 subscribers and mm. only 300 releases over a few years. Um, and Delfina got, has got 19,000 streams on it mm-hmm. within a month, yeah. um, which I think is really good. And also you've got Triple J unearthed with the radio guys. So yeah. for, for people listening, and, and what I want to sort of ask of you, Maxi, is those relationships uh, one in maybe 100 contacts you have. Like yeah. not every single yeah. one is like that. Um, how do you how do you foster those relationships? Because I know you have it with the radio, and Triple J is a pretty Triple J on Earth is, is a really good radio source for indie music here in Australia mm. and getting good listener base and listenership. Um, how yeah. do you foster those relationships, or how have you? Or how do you? Maybe you're doing it wrong, and you're like, I'm not doing a good job of it. But I just yeah. want to sort of get an idea of of, of yeah, how yeah, that yeah. sort of come about, so other people can be like, okay, well, how how do I find my my, you know, like your yeah, your close 10 that you work with or whatever. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I've, got, I've had both experiences. I've had experiences where the relationships are super solid and I always talk to them and they're always open to me sending them whatever. And then I have the relationships where they might have showed interest at a point of my career and I would have loved to have continued the relationship, but then it just falls off and I have no control over that, you know. Um and yeah, I mean, Triple J is a perfect example. Like I talk to some people and they always reply and it's great. And then other times, like I remember my very first single, I got a fair bit of love from trying to chill um, from Triple J and I really wanted to keep the relationship going. And I was so excited to give them next year, which was my next release, probably like three or four months later. And a lot of them just dropped off and I was like, that's cool, man. <laughs> and it's, it's really demoralizing and it's also depressing, but I think it's just real life. And I think like, yeah, you just gotta, you just gotta keep finding people to connect with. Like, I feel like it'd be the exact same with you. Like some people would master with you once and then they'd just like go off the face of the earth and that'd be it. And then other people, they master with you once, e.g. me, and then me and you talk every week for the next three years. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you just got to kind of like ride the wave and also just try your best. Like don't be too too keen. Like don't try and ask them on a date every week. But like, you know, don't just stop talking to them completely. Just be normal, be a friend, be interested in what they're doing and actually be interested, not just like surface level interest. Um, and... Yeah, I think that's kind of the vibe, really. Okay, interesting. No, that, that that's very good advice because I know um, artists probably send out, especially those on Submit Hub, if you've ever used that, mm. they send out 100 submissions and they get 100 rejections and they're just absolutely gutted from it. Um, oh, yeah. And it's yeah. like debilitating, but then there's sort of this realisation that, you know, at, on the other end of that line is a person with their own sensibilities and you're not going to appeal to everybody all the mm. time. It's just about finding those one or few that you resonate with or can resonate with you and, and then you, you guys can help one another out. 
Um, and yeah, in, for sure. That's in reference to like playlists and YouTube channels and radio hosts or, or producers. Um, I think, I th- sorry, you, you can go. No, I was going to ask, you had something to add there. I was just going to invite yeah, you. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also um, there's kind of like levels of accessibility with relationships and stuff. Like you've got people that you cold email and that's obviously pretty hard because there's no background relationship, like you haven't met them, anything like that, right? And then you've got your like medium ones, which are kind of, you might have met them at a, you know, industry event or like maybe you know them as a friend of someone else or whatever. And then you've got your hot ones, which are like people that you talk to all the time. And I just feel like if you're an artist, even me talking about this, I'm just thinking about it now. And it's like your medium and hot ones, like just think about how you can develop those further, you know? Like it's great reaching out to cold people, but like thousands of people reach out to cold people every day. Like SubmitHub, that's the perfect example, Nick. Like those guys and girls that run those channels would get hit up hundreds of times a day. So it's like your chance of getting accepted and getting noticed and building a relationship from them is very small because you're one in 300 or whatever it might be. But if you've got kind of a relationship with them or a very good relationship with them, how are you going to make it the best you possibly can? You know, like give us an example. You've done that. Yeah. 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 Even for me, it's like, I've got five and a half thousand followers on Instagram and I can guarantee my life, Nick, that not every single one of those followers have listened to, I don't want to. And for me, it's like, if they follow me on Instagram, why the F haven't they listened to my song yet? You know, and that's something that I should work on because they've already got an interest in me. They already follow me. They already know who I am. They just need to know. They just need to have this thing. I don't want it's been released. I need to listen to it. And And somehow I need to like force feed that to them without being annoying. So they unfollow me. (laughs) Yeah. That that sounds like a very aggressive strategy. I I think maybe in kinder words, what you're trying to say is incentivize them to want to be there and listen yeah, to and it. It's, yeah. And it's, yeah. And it's just like, they've already got some form of interest in me, you know, like I'm not going out on the street being like, Hey man, I don't know you. Can you listen to my song? Yep. Like they've followed me at some stage. C- can I ask, let's just say with LTB or um, people at triple J, you don't have to say names or any particular relationship with them. What are some things you've done in order to nurture somebody from being a warm relationship into a hot one, mm. into a saucy date, a saucy, a saucy Friday night date with some yeah, sexy yeah. music going? How have some you D'Angelo nurtured that? in the background. <laughs> exactly. How have um, you done that? I think, for, uh, I reckon like if they show support initially, Obviously thank them, but try and make it personal. Like try and, you know, see what they're doing, give them a follow, reciprocate the vibes a bit, you know, like actually get involved with them a bit more, you know, like see what they're doing, um, thank them for their efforts. And then um, I think for me, like honestly, anything personal, like I think I'm a weird person and I think that I've got a personality and I think I've got a personality that's different to other people. And in turn, I think like that can benefit me and also be a disadvantage because I'm too weird. But like, if you've already got something going on with someone, like maybe instead of just talking about the music that they've supported or whatever the agreement might have been, 
like actually just talk to them about something normal, you know? Yeah. Like me and you have chats just randomly about like your kid and pizza and like just stupid shit, you know? And yeah. it's like that actually helps our relationship heaps. Yeah. And if you can kind of get the medium ones that have supported your music and whatever into the hot stuff where you actually talk about life and stuff, I think that's probably the best ideal. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what I've done, just like, yeah, regularly checked in with them, not to the point of annoyance, but to the point of like, hey, we've got something going on. This is my vibe. How are you? Instead of just like every song, for instance, I just do this, like that copy and paste email to them because they deserve more than that. They've obviously put an extra two seconds of their day into me instead of someone else, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, that, that's really good advice. That's mm. really good Um like after mastering advice in terms of publish, like putting your stuff out for and PR, but mm. it's also good like life advice. If you've ever swiped right on Tinder and someone swiped right back, Seriously. that's exactly what you have to do. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And think about it. Like you go on a date with a girl. It's like, if you ask the generic questions, like what do you do for work? And like, how many cousins do you have? It's like, that's not really separating yourself, you know? Yeah. Whereas like, if you just talk about, some random statue that you both like in on Flinders Street steps or whatever. It's like, that's cool. Like she's going to remember that, you know? Yeah. Should be like that crazy, that crazy guy who just loves talking about statues the whole day. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> uh, what, was, what was about to ask? So n- n- now, now um, the campaign has sort of run its course. It's been mm. out for a, a week or two now. How long? Two weeks. Yeah. Probably. So it was released on, yeah, I think it's two weeks on Friday. Um, on Friday, yeah. So it's yes. been like 10 days or something. Yeah. So it will be about a fortnight soon. Mm. Um, you've got your Spotify editorial playlists. It's mm. racking up streams on YouTube. Is there anything you'd do differently if you looked back now? Well, um, I am actually engaging with a PR company as of yesterday um, to try and get a Triple J push happening because unfortunately with this release, all my existing Triple J contacts have enjoyed it, but they haven't played it yet. Okay. And I want some plays on the show. So I'm actually trialling this PR company who has hopefully better relationships than what I do. Um, and we're going to see how that goes. So, Yeah. Is, is that for a future release or this one? After this is for I Don't Wanna. This is for okay. I Don't Wanna. Yeah. Okay. So it's a, bit of a, it's a bit of a bizarre approach because um, I think like the likelihood of getting played like 10 days to two weeks slash further post-release is harder unless yeah. there's like heaps of other stuff happening. Like, you know, I feel like if we got added to BBC Radio 1, like saying to Triple J, hey, we got added to BBC Radio 1. They might be like, oh, sick, like we'll support you or, oh, we won't because you're too, like your story's too polished or whatever it might be. I don't really know how they work and how they choose things and I'll probably die and still not know how that works, but that's fine. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess, yeah, but I I just thought we'd try this thing um, with a PR company. They're good friends of ours and, yeah, see how it goes. See, um, so, so it's almost like you're just trying to give them a hot commodity. You're like, 
Yeah, you didn't buy in at the start, but now we're now we're Bitcoin and we're worth sixty five thousand because well, BBC yeah, is playing yeah, us. Yeah. So do you want to buy in Seriously. now before we even get hotter? Man, that's um, the whole that's the whole clout thing, you know. And we've actually got stuff happening, like you said, we've got the editorials, we've got the YouTube premiere, Blushko, who's on our song, was on another song that's literally like um on high rotation on Triple J at the moment, so we can use that. And there's a bunch of other little things and it's all happening. So we're just going to, yeah, we're going to see how we go. Nice. That's exciting. So that's what, that's what you'd do differently. You'd, you'd, be, you'd be hitting up or having a plan for Triple J a little bit sooner on whilst your contacts I are out. Yeah, for okay. sure, man. For sure. Okay. I, think, I think like doing a, a detailed calendar, literally breaking it down to the point of like, cool. So submit the song to Distro. Submit the song to the artists like the Spotify for Artists platform, upload it to Triple J Unearthed, da-da-da-da-da-da, like date them all one by one really quickly. Um, it just gives you this timeline to stick by because stuff happens, artwork gets delayed, whatever it might be gets delayed, and then you're just playing catch-up the whole time. Did, did that then, happen with this release where you were thrown back on delays? Uh, yeah, a little bit because we got we uploaded, to, uploaded it to distribution which basically puts it to all the platforms, so Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, SoundCloud, whatever. And um, pretty much the moment you submit that there, you're locked into that date. You can't take this. I mean, you can take the song out, but then you can't submit it to your Spotify playlist and play, playlisters and curators again. So I guess like one word of advice for artists, if you get a release date, like make sure that you have heaps of time before to organize all your like promo pre-release stuff, etc. You know, like if you're doing a remix and you want it to go out four weeks after the song gets, the original song gets released, make sure you get the release, like make sure you get the remix mastered like four weeks before the original one comes out. Just so you have enough time to actually have everything ready, you know, because then you put that into distribution. You need a four week lead time. So the editors, can look at your remix as well as your original. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and me and you have spoken about this heaps, Nick, last year. Like we had very strict dates and stuff like that that we had to kind of um, play by. Otherwise, everything would have gone. But, yeah, with I Don't Wanna, um, there are definitely certain things that have been delayed and it's definitely bit us in the bum a little bit for sure. Yeah. I'm I'm actually actually – like just to add some data points to that, there are about 40,000 new songs going onto Spotify every day. Okay. Then you've got multiple teams in different continents and countries and part of the world that have to filter through that. And the editorials have to tag the, the, the people have to filter through that, you know, tag it. So other editors can see it and potentially consider it for playlists. So yeah, you want to be in early, um, because that would be, it, it's just, it's not, it's not a guarantee that you're going to get any playlisting, but you, you want to strengthen your chances. You don't want to sort That's of piss the in the wind. Yeah. You've got to give yourself the best possible chance. hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, that's incredible. That's incredible. So, um, something you would not do. Something I wouldn't do yeah. after mastering. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Um, absolutely not. Like we've obviously spoken about a few pitfalls, but like something that you're like next time, absolutely off it. Not going to email this person, or not going to send it here, or not going to go on this website, or what? what like not not that I want to be 
you know, casting negativity out there. But yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just for to sure. move forward. We learned no, from definitely. our mistakes. What What was the big I one think, on this one? Um, I think just rushing the release date. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think, like, I guess in a, in a strict answer to your question, I wouldn't not plan it that well again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, basically, like, yeah, I'd just map it out way better. And I guess the other thing, Nick, is, and it's probably similar for a lot of artists that play live as well, like my DJing is a part of my brand and ideally you'd want to partner shows with the song as well. So that's another contributing factor to your releases and stuff, which is after mastering. And um, I guess, like, that's why, look at those biceps, man. Dude, yeah, you've been gymming biceps at 4 a.m., mate. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so I'd, like, just make sure that I actually allow myself enough time for one, but also like plan out the eight weeks or whatever it is that is involved with that release, you know, two weeks after six weeks before or whatever it might be. And yeah, just make sure I'm ticking every box off and you've got enough lead time to do it properly, to organize it properly. You're not rushing through it. You're sending the right emails, sending the, the right quality submissions, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that's what I wouldn't do. I wouldn't, not planned. Not use my calendar again. <laughs> and and like you're putting it in your calendar. Are these just like general things that are like landmarks on the day, or are these, or are you thinking of next time you do it, calendaring in detail? Like, no nah, detail. At, so like detail, Monday, yeah. send sixty-seven emails to these blogs today. Yeah. Tuesday, yeah. send fifteen radio state like that yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. So not just like send press kit to, to blah, blah, blah. Like not, not just, not, not arbitrary, but like very specific. Yeah. Very specific for sure. And like, even, you know, something like, um, say the release date is today, which is what March the 10th or whatever it is, March yep. the 9th. Um, say release dates today on March 4th, I need to have a premiere locked in. Oh, by March 4th. You have by to March 4th, I have to have it locked in. So then on okay. March 9, and then March 6th, you email them again saying, just confirm the premiere. And then on the okay. 8th, you email them one more time saying, looking forward to tomorrow or something like that. Okay, so, 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 so I'm going to ask you, so like, like, let's say we're releasing this Friday and you yep. need to have a, locked, a, a premiere locked in by today. Yeah. Three days sooner. Like you yep. need to have that locked in because you want it to premiere with either a YouTube channel or on a blog or whatever it might be. You want that to happen. Yeah. Um, We've got two questions to ask. Firstly, yeah. if you can quickly answer, um, what's the benefit of having a premiere locked in for you? How do you see that as a benefit? Locked in three days early or just locked in in general? Or just locked in in general? Um, I think it looks professional. I think having another channel for your song to be promoted is great, like partnering up with a brand or a blog or a YouTube channel or whatever. Yep. They've obviously got a different audience to you. Um, and yeah, I think that's why. Okay, that's the benefit. Now, yep. you've given a goal, okay? So, the goal is by this date, we have a premiere. Mm-hmm. But how do you get to that goal? So, let's say you're four weeks out yep. of hitting that deadline. Like, you can either but, rush and hustle four days ahead of that deadline to try and get emails out and lock something in, or you can take your approach by getting something, you know, starting that communication yep. much earlier. How are you, like, 
setting objectives so that way you work towards it? Is it just sort so, of like pissing luck or is so there something four, very specific? Four weeks earlier, yeah. email the, mo- like the most likely people to premiere it. So say it's 20 YouTube. Say, say let's hypothetically, we want a YouTube channel premiere, right? Okay. Yeah. On the release date. So four yep. weeks before the release date, we email 30 that have either replied, premiered before, or look likely because maybe they do heaps of that genre that you're releasing or like they're from Melbourne or like whatever it is. There might be another similarity or like maybe they've released a song which has my feature vocalist on it or whatever it is, right? You email them. You wait three or four days, see who replies. If no one replies, then you email all the medium ones. Email all them out. And then after a week or like nine days, if no one's replied, follow up the high ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then if, if still no one replies, follow up the medium ones. And then if that's still cooked, go to the low ones, email them. And then if none of them reply, go to the Westgate Bridge. And, no, I'm just no, kidding. No, 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 no. I'm going to have to I'm cut just, that out. I'm just kidding. But I just like, like put a beep over the top like beep. Yeah, seriously. But <laughs> just like... Beep. You've tried really hard, and I'm sorry. I don't have any more answers for you. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Okay, so even is that, is that a, a good deadline? It's, it's not a guaranteed deadline because you, you still have to put in work, and it's still subjective to what people like are giving back and think. Yeah, yeah. Man. And have you ever got close to that date with nothing? For sure, hundred percent. So what do you do then? Because you've got your calendar, you've got your deadline, you've got nothing. What happens then? Like. Do message, you... message LTV because they always do it. <laughs> I'll cut that out as well. Yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. I'll leave that in. Oh, no, my well. phones are gone. Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> phone's on your on uh, uh, No, no, no. I'm just, I'm, I'm, gen- I'm genuinely curious um, because it's all like, it's all good and well to say this is the deadline. If it doesn't mm. get achieved, how does that affect the campaign? Obviously, you don't get that that separate audience, that that fresh sort of like these people have never heard of me. You know, this is a new channel. Yeah. Um, is there any compensating for that after the release, where you might just keep emailing it out, or is it sort of like? maybe you go back to the drawing board and reassess not to do it again, but you just sort of go, okay, these are the people I emailed this sort of stuff. Um, these people definitely didn't get back to me. These people did, but they gave me some feedback. What can I do better in the future? Mm, mm. Are, you, are, think... you going, are you going around thinking like that whenever it's happened, that something hasn't landed that heavily? Yeah. Or... Um, I mean, I guess the other thing is you could always just premiere it yourself. Yeah, I guess, but but then we we be like circle back to. So circling back round though, premiering itself doesn't necessarily have all the benefits you said at the start of premiering it through an outside channel. Yeah. So obviously you're premiering it yourself. You're, you're going to publish it on your socials on the release day. Mm. So you know you're you're still you're still at a loss there. And I mean, what I'm, about what about you start your own YouTube channel though or something? Yeah. Which is a good option. How it is your YouTube cool. channel doing? I, I don't mean to, I don't mean to deviate. Let me let me let me give you a bit of a stalk. I think I've got a hundred subscribers now, which is pretty cool. Wow, one hundred. I I think some of those. Let me just go videos and sort by sort by most popular. Yep, 
the trying to chill does well, the satisfaction edits doing well. Featuring Jordan Brando. Oh, that's the morning Monday stuff. That's three years ago. That stuff was sick. I don't mean to do yeah. that. I know. Um, we need to do more of that stuff. Delfina with Blushko did that premiere did all right. How did the I don't want a premiere go? I, I premiered that on Wednesday last week. Has it got like 10 views or something like that? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. It's actually interesting, YouTube. You've you got to be on it to, as in like in terms of you've got to be actively, it's got 19. You've got to be actively moving it. I might just cut all this out, by the way. Yeah, it's fine. Um, <coughs> anyway. So where were we? Um, if a premiere doesn't happen. Yeah, premiere doesn't happen. What's up? If a premiere doesn't happen, I think you honestly just go to the next thing. Like, yeah. your premiere isn't your entire campaign, you know? Like, I think it's about being creative and thinking about what else you can, you know, do. Like, for instance, let's have a think. So, for me... Sometimes when I release a song, I do a tour as well, right? So maybe I could hit up a blog being like, hey, guys, I'm playing around Australia. Do you guys want to premiere the tour? As in, like, announce the tour, you know? Like with Take It In, for instance, I did, like, a couple of different states and then Bali and Fiji, and I just made this poster, and it was an actual tour, and I was like, sick. Let's call it Morning Maxwell's Summer Sizzle, and then I had Take It In with the a blog got around it and like, whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's something cool. Or you can, you know, ask the blogs or YouTube channels to premiere the video, or you can ask the blogs to do an interview on like how the song was made or whatever. Just like any form of content is cool. And I mean, to an extent, I mean, we could talk about the negatives of it too. Yeah. Which I'm going to get into right now because yeah, sick. I love, like I love looking at both sides of the coin. It's awesome to hear. Hey, we got on a big YouTube channel or, Hey, we're on new music Friday, which this song did get. Um, but I want to ask you're freezing up there, bro. You're frozen. Your face is still what's going on. Oh, there we are. We're back. Um, (laughs) do you think blogs are relevant anymore? Because here's where I'm coming from. You go on radio, you've got active listeners. All those radio hosts have their own social media. They push everything out. They've got their own playlists on Spotify. So there's incredible active visibility happening on radio. You go on YouTube. Yeah. Maybe not all their subscribers will be actively listening to it, but that music then gets pushed in the algorithm and suggested to other people. Great blogs, a website on their own. And some of them have great followings, but for the general accessible blogs, majority of them are going to get like 50 views maybe nicholas 50 yeah. views is very optimistic my friend i, I, I really admire your positivity <laughs> yeah but like but like what's what's the why bother with blogs um okay so can i tell you my entire vibe on blogs yep and an honest yeah. one yep i think they're a waste of time but okay. but there's a but I also do them sometimes for a multitude of reasons. One, different content to post. If Acid Stag or another blog, just a ra- if just a random blog puts up an interview of me, that is something kind of cool to post about. Hey, I did this interview. I mean, that's the thing. Cool to post about. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Who knows? But 
I think that depends on the content. Like for instance, maybe I make a song where I like beatbox into my microphone, right? And then I fucking do this video where it's like cool. I explain to them how I use the beatboxing in the song and then I break it down a bit and then the blog premieres that and they talk about it and stuff. I think that's cool, right? And then they're sharing it on and then they're sharing it on their socials. So maybe I might get three followers from it. Who knows, right? So therefore that's kind of like a bit of a vibe, right? Like Lamalo, these guys that I featured on a song, they're really cool dudes from Sydney. Great guys. Shouts out to them. They released a song literally the same day as I Don't Wanna, which I featured on. It was sick. Really good vibes. In their song, there's a lot of dinosaur sounds, right? In the backgrounds, like it's random like roars and T-Rex and all this stuff, right? And their music video, which is being released next week, is going to have heaps of dinosaurs in it. And the whole theme of the song is like, um, it's basically like feeling inertia and I don't know how they linked it to dinosaurs, but they basically linked it to dinosaurs somehow, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like the first line is like prehistoric feelings, da, da, whatever. So like you get the idea. And then they got Australian music scene to like interview them and do this little video about all the dinosaur sounds. And it was just a funny 40 second video on Instagram. Australian music scene partnered up with them. And I think that's cool because Australian music scene has a certain followers that Lamalo doesn't have. Therefore, a bit of a collab is sick, right? That's one reason why I do it. The other reason I do it is if they've got a Spotify playlist. For instance, okay. Acid Stag, yes, they have a blog, but they also have a Spotify playlist with 8,000 subscribers on it. I think for me to get on that blog, post about it, partner up with them, collaborate, and then in turn they put my song on their Spotify playlist, that's worth it for me. Okay. So, so then, it, then it circles back around to, okay, they've got an active... Circles back around to the Spotify stuff, it's yeah. active, etc. Yeah. But if I literally email blogs for three hours for them just to put it on their website, that is not worth it, subjectively speaking. Okay, but even objectively, because it's like you spend three hours of work, it gets on one or two blogs, maybe gets 50 views, and you earn and you get 0. 0.000... Sense or whatever, whatever the fuck is actually you know provided of value as if they're putting yep. it on their playlist, yeah, alongside. And this is this is a really cool thing, especially when it comes to artists and getting on playlists. They're all very proud of it, mm. and I think that's healthy and good for the community because what happens is like you're right. There's eight thousand followers on that Acid Stag um, Spotify playlist, and then you end up getting maybe the fifty artists that are added there for the month all sharing that playlist. So all their fans are then listening to the playlist and potentially listening to other people's music, which might end up being your music because you took the time to actually get on that blog. <coughs> I, never, I never, I never ever thought of it like that because I sort of just get annoyed at the fact that uh, it's not annoyed. I don't think I should be annoyed. That, that's the wrong word to say. It's just a bit of a shitty situation where blogs don't have as much access as they used to because they post something on Facebook now and it gets like two people seeing it. doesn't matter yeah. how big their platform is. And that's sure. more of a frustrating point for me to see for the industry, but you're right. And, I think yeah. a, good, a good, a very, very good for that. aspect. And also just on that note, Nick, some blogs slash just kind of promotional channels, I guess that have a website and all that, they have a sick Instagram and people genuinely engage in it. 
But then a lot of the time when you get a blog article, they literally just post on their website. And it's like, that's really lame because like if they post on their socials, the artists would benefit from it because they might get 5, 10, 15, whatever it is. And then you post about the blog, a couple of my fans might go and follow it too, you know? Um, yeah. No, I, I, I completely um, I completely agree with that. That, that. That's a really good point. Never, never considered it like that. Never yeah. Did. Never did. Never did. And, and, and did you happen to get any independent playlists that were, that were relatively big from Spotify? Uh, separate to the editorials because you got four or five editorials on that release give me a sec this is going well this chat isn't it yeah it's lit there's this one there's this one website called uh, sorry not website Spotify playlist called Pub Music 2021 cool songs for cool people <laughs> And that that's is. got that's got us fifty five streams in the last twenty eight days. That's exciting, um, but that's literally all I can see. So, yeah, I actually I think me and you have had this chat before, Nicholas, and we'll obviously talk about it again for a bit now. Independent playlists are actually really cool, and I think like I need to master the process of how to hit them up properly because, like. For instance, China Shell's been released for like three and a half years now. And that is on so many different playlists, man. Yeah. So, and like 16,000 people have saved it. And in my head, I'm like, I would literally spend a week sending my new song to every single one of those people being like, hey, I released a new song. It's better than China Shell. <laughs> um, can you please suss it out and maybe add it, you know? But yep. man, how the hell do you find those people? Like, you yep. know, it's like Ashmal Woody. It's like, okay, I'll Google that and then I won't find him. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's hard, man. I completely get that. And, and I will say something really interesting about that. Um, it's called Indie, what's the name of the, um, with, I'm just circling back around to that, Indie Mono. They're yeah, the, the profile that ended up playlisting you on that song yeah that 2021 playlist is super super recent and it's already got 1500 followers some of the other go. playlists have 15 20 000 and up to 60 000 followers yeah um, one of them has 400 000 followers that's tactic so that's like that's actually that's actually better than editorials some if, of them if it were like, on those ones but like all i'm trying to say is that we're only two months into 20 or three months now into 2021 so there's still a lot of potential for those playlists to grow and you don't know who yeah. they'll put on it as well that might share it. So that's a really smart, a smart model they have for their playlists. Very, very smart. Lots of everything. Indie, indie mono. They've got a hundred thousand followers on their profile, man. Yeah, I know. I know. I just thought I'd just do a bit of digging for you. Yeah. I've just been digging myself. I went to Bunnings and just bought a shovel then. Did you? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, I, I found them on Insta. See, this is the thing. This is literally the process, you know, like you find them, follow them, and then you start seeing if there's a vibe there, you know? Yeah, we are in real time doing your work for you. Yeah, thanks, Nick. Um, I'll just invoice me later, yeah? Yeah, no worries. Easy done. Um, interesting. <laughs> cool. That is interesting. Um, but yeah, no, that, that's, really good. that's really good to understand. So yeah, so a few little independent ones. I do agree with um, trying to chill because 
that's obviously got 16,000 saves. That has a huge fucking thing to play in it. Um, one thing I didn't... Did you do it as much on this one, but you didn't push the pre-save that hard? No. Pre-saves are a really interesting thing. And, yeah, that's a big TBC above my head at the moment as to how I feel about pre-saves. But, um, but how do you feel about it right now? Right now, I think there's definitely merit in getting pre-saves. Algorithm-wise, Spotify-wise, all that stuff. No. Huh? I'm just saying no. I'm just I'm interrupting you because I'm a dick. Sick. But- well, I'm just going to say one thing as well. The only reason I'm off them at the moment is because I'm sick of asking my fans to pre-save my song. Okay. Because I think they just get zombied and they're like, huh? Pre-save Morning Maxwell song for the seventh time in a year. Why would I do that? Okay. But I need to think of different ways to get them excited. Okay. So they pre-save it every time. Or I'd love them all to just follow me so then they wouldn't have to do it. Yeah. Well, the hyper-follow with DistroKid is a, is a follow link. It's not a it pre-save is. for each it campaign. Is. Yeah, yeah. So if they've already done that, they're already following you. So you can just yeah. ask them. Once they've done it once, it's good. You know. Yeah, for sure. That's true. So what were you, what, what, what you going oh, what no, to say? What do you think of pre-saves? What do I think of pre-saves? I think individually pre-saves are an interesting thing if you want those songs to appear on your fans' playlists. Not to get playlisted, but so they regularly listen to your music and it goes into their daily mixes. But I think getting pre-saves like what DistroKid offers where you get a hyper-follow is really super, super powerful. Because Mm. if they're following you as an artist on Spotify... Every time you release something, it goes into their um, their weekly release. What, what's it called? The release radar. Release radar, correct. So if it's popping up in their release radar, means they're very likely to hear it. Um, and if it doesn't pop into their weekly release radar, and they've listened to one of your songs in the past, or they've listened to multiple of them, very, very high chance it goes in their daily mixes. Even if it goes in daily mix five or six, Mm. they're Mm. still going to listen to it at some point. And I think that is where the power is in it. Not necessarily algorithms or any of that sort of shit, but just purely on the function of following an artist and what Mm. that means and entails in Spotify. Um, I can even get like Spotify following an artist. Just what their FAQ says... Mm. Um, okay, here we are. What does it mean to follow an artist on Spotify? The follow the follow button allows you to subscribe to artists. This feature sends you a Spotify notification when new tracks and albums are added to an artist's profile. So every okay. time something new happens, they know about it. Mm. Um, that, that That's why I like it. Just purely because of the perennial value but- of it. When you're pre-saving, though, it doesn't really matter. So, like, why don't you just get him to follow the artist? That's what I mean. That's that's yeah. why I like DistroKid's yeah. one. There yeah. are other ones which just get you to save the individual song. And just so people are aware, um, the way these pre-saves link work is, and, and to my, the best of my knowledge is that they're linked through the Spotify API. So, basically, it's not like Spotify sees when you pre-save something. It doesn't. It's actually a program that has a list of authorized users because you know how you have to sign on with Spotify to those apps and approve them to access your information? 
Mm. What it's actually doing is it's going for this artist's release. We have these five people who have given us access to log onto their account and add this song into their playlist. So it's all programmed using the Spotify API. So Spotify doesn't actually know how many pre-saves a song has. It only knows how many saves a song has, and those songs can only be saved after the release has happened. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how it operates. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, um, yeah the, 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 I think it's a, a little bit of a, a, not a... Not a full myth, because obviously if a, a song is getting a bit of traction, it might go into the viral... Um, the viral charts for mm. either your country or worldwide, but you need a lot for that. So the saved thing is just purely telling Spotify, hey, these people saved the song. As in, uh, have saved the song to their playlist, not pre-saved, but when it is saved, that's that's what that's when it yep. gets notified. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, no, that's sick. Anyone, anyone that's a fan of me or just thinks that I've got a cool bald head and wants to follow me, please do so. On Spotify. <laughs> follow you on Spotify. Man, uh, I, I'm really curious. How, uh, I'm do you curious follow me, Nick? On Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. yeah you, you, you're like, you sure? I'm, yeah, well, I'll tell you this. Let me, let me open my daily mix for the day. Let me, let me open my daily mix for the day. Here we go. Probably. Ride my Donkey Kong, bro. I reckon number three or two you'll be on. Guess who's on number two? Jeans is on number two. Jeans. I've got jeans on right now. No, you know, oh, f- I got four of her songs on my daily mix. That's lit. Where are you? James is a legend. You used to be all over this. I know. Awkward. Oh. Awkward Am I on any? Am I no, on any? you're not on any of my daily mixes. I'm following you, though. There used to be a time when, like, five of your songs would be on there. Yeah, legit. I remember that last year. I actually screenshot and sent it to you. Because now there's just like a whole bunch of either super pop, super tech house, or 90s hip hop. Are they your three go-tos at the moment, Nicholas? At the moment, or lo-fi when I'm like doing my emails and shit. Yeah, love that. I'm, I'm absolutely gutted. Where are you? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call to Spotify and complain about this. Yeah, you should. That's, um, that's a sad state of affairs. That is. But anyway, yeah, I am following you just so you know. Um, Thank you, man. I appreciate and, that. And no, there, there was a there was a time when, when your music was popping up a lot, and I think that was also because in quick succession you had many releases, and yeah. many of those releases had been played by me on Spotify, and then Spotify was like, "Oh, Nick likes that, Let's definitely more." Yeah. So um, that's the nature of them. Mm. Yeah, we've covered so much today. Is there any sort of like parting words or, or, or thoughts that you wanted to sort of explore before we wrap up this, this sesh? Yeah. For any artists that make music after mastering, you're just getting started. <laughs> what the fuck was that? You're the best. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think like the thing for me that really cooks my brain is just how much effort I put into a song. And then you have to do it all over again when you release it. Yep. I get and that. for me, that is just the most fried concept ever. It's like, like I literally put a year and a half into probably about a year into try and chill. And this next one that I got coming up soon called you, I, I spent two years on it Jeez. and I worked with like six other people on it. And I'm just like, dude, 
I haven't even released it yet. <laughs> the aftermastering process hasn't even started. <laughs> That's crazy. Oh. But no, it's all good. And I think, um, yeah, apart from that, thanks for having me. Um, and I also think that it's awesome to have a mastering engineer that actually has his head screwed on like about the process after mastering because... Um, I've learned a lot from you over the years and it's been very, very beneficial because it's nice to have someone not only polishing the song, getting it ready for all the stores, but someone that actually has half a clue on how to release it and how everything works because it's a bloody jungle out there with all yeah. that stuff. It's an absolute mind F. So, yeah. No, I appreciate that and that, that's really kind. Not that not that it's a service I offer outwardly to people, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Th thank you for recognizing that. And I've got to thank you as well and all the guests we're having on the podcast because this is a learning experience for me as well. Yeah. In sure. terms of hearing your stories, it's like, okay, what happens? Because like, obviously um, I understand it because I'm so part, I'm part of the process in terms of when songs finish up or speaking to management or speaking to labels and seeing yeah. how things go out. Yeah, yeah. I, I see it. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very aware of it. But there's also so much that happens which I don't get to see. Mm. And it's like, okay, Seriously. well, I need to learn. I, I, yeah. I want to learn. Um, and Definitely. I want other people to learn. That's why this podcast is here. So For anyway, sure. um, if, if you've liked this Spotify episode, please, please go follow it and listen to future episodes. If you weren't annoyed too much by Maxie's bold head and voice, go <laughs> follow him on Instagram. I'll leave links in the description and follow him on Spotify so you can listen to his future releases because that's super important too. And um, we'll leave you until next time. So take care. Thank you for coming on, Maxie. Thank you. No worries. I won't hang up right now though. <laughs>